Welcome to episode 21 of the Reimagining Work podcast. With him, Rohir Nort, <laughs> and me, John Wenger. And um, yes, well, we did say that um, we would go into the gardening metaphor. We've got some treasures waiting for you in that area, and we'll come back to that one. But I have to build up the suspense to this. I'll keep, I'll keep dropping little seeds in through the podcast today. Yeah. Yes. Um, but there's a, there's a really interesting idea that you proposed that we talk about, and I'm um, very keen to have a, how did you phrase it, a philosophical conversation? A philosophical conversation. I like which, those. <clears throat> which it, maybe at episode 21 is a good time to do that. We're 21 we're, years old. We're, exactly. We're nearing, sure. uh, we're, we're, we're entering our sure. adulthood. Yeah. And uh, time to, to take things a little bit more serious. <laughs> and um, the philosophical conversation you propose uh, is analog versus digital. So I'm curious to know what, what sparked that idea in your well, head. Well, I was just thinking about that. And I, I don't even actually recall the exact moment. I think it was uh, during one of our conversations, created June 18th, I see here when I uh, entered it into Evernote. Mm. And, um, and no, we're not affiliated with Evernote. We're just using it, the free Other version. products are available. Other products are available. So I was just thinking about it. I did not really... Um, I, I, I thought it was... Uh, for the next time, I tried to uh, write down the context of where the spark came from. Maybe that would be a little bit more interesting. Um, but it is something that, I mean, almost literally, right? I mean, uh, you can use analog versus digital as a metaphor. Um, but I'm also just um, thinking about how it is that digital is completely overtaking our lives and our, uh, well, our analog world. And, and you entered uh, uh, CDs, for instance. Mm. And I think that's that's one of the the, the great examples of uh, where the digital innovation is absolutely fantastic. I mean, the invention of the CD and everything that it sparked, uh, the DVD and the Blu-ray and all those kind of things, is is fantastic. But um, it it never it was never able to recreate. The, the voluptuousness sound of an an analog recording. And uh, I added um, mm. about uh, Sound City mm. documentary. Have you seen that? No. Well, you should. Um, anybody who's ab about music um, uh, at all should see that because it's it's as far as I um, uh, like to see it, it, it's a testimony to analog. Uh, also serendipity and a few other things, but uh, it's about recording something as pure as it can possibly be recorded. And for artists, that... Uh, caused them to make sure that whatever it is they were playing 
was just the way they needed it to be, which mm. is more difficult than it sounds, especially when you're a young band and you're trying to. But yeah, Nirvana recorded um, Utero there. Uh, mm. Fleetwood Mac literally, um, literally um, was formed in the Sound City, city mm. Studios. And if you look on the internet, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to quickly um, uh, see if I can get a list, but the amount of records, successful mm. records recorded in uh, Sound City is just mm. stunning. It's Nirvana, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Fleetwood Mac, Neil Young, Rick Springfield, Tom Petty, and now I am reading it, Rage Against the Machine, Slipknot, and many others. It's it's a mixing table that that that, that mm. was that was built there. It was a Neve soundboard, mixing board, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it was handmade. It cost a fortune, and it um, but it produced just that perfect analog sound that was difficult to obtain anywhere else. So it didn't, tra and that didn't translate well digitally. Like it was percept, it was perceptible the difference when it was made digital. Well, so it, I know you can, buy, like you can buy all that stuff digital and CD. Yeah, so yeah, sure. And and there's still when you when you take one of those original albums and recordings, and you don't do too much with it, and you put it on the CD, there's still going to be a lot of it there because it's it's you still have a lot of information uh, that's going to be transport transfer to the sure. um uh, uh to the to the digital format mm. but what happened now for instance also is that a lot of things are recorded digitally and cleaned up digitally okay, and yeah. it's you know synthesized and it's you know uh pitch corrected and and rhythm corrected and everything is in post-production, there's happened so much things to a recording that the original feel of it just doesn't exist anymore. Obviously, there's a lot of popular music, which is more of a production than actually mm. creating music. It's, over, it's overproduced, yeah. Yeah, sure. And, and people's and voices put through machines because... You know, Madonna can't sing and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. And to get them to, to, to get the right pitch and all those kind of things. Yeah. Instead of having them just be real and just record something and, and just have that energy and that pressure that they have to perform in the recording itself. Yeah, and right. now, now they just they have the sessions, right? You have a, one musician does a session which has to fill in that particular spot of, on the track and then another musician does that and then you put everything together on your laptop and there you go, Bob's your uncle. And uh, it's, it's a lot different than when Tom Petty uh, recorded their album, uh, Refugee, I think it is. And uh, they actually learned to play while recording the album as a band, uh -huh. right? So these so, kind of things, uh, yeah. I, I'm kind of extrapolating, that it, it, it kind of, I'm, I suppose, thinking philosophically that what you've <laughs> described there, maybe I'm making some unreasonable leap. But digital makes things simpler. It makes things shortcutable. It makes, the, rather than a musician in the, in the context of, say, analog music, digital music, 
the musician, rather than do 17 takes until, it, until they get the right sound, they may do one or two takes, and then somebody will filter it through a machine. So it's, that, is that one of the things, like, and digital, digital while, has, while it's a labor-saving, certainly, it may shortcut things which, I guess in my head, are essentially not shortcuttable. I mean, I, the point I made in that note about CDs, I, ne I never bought a CD until 1998. And I remember my first, in fact, it's the only CD I still, I still own. I kept it as a memento. <laughs> Radiohead's OK Computer it was the first CD I ever bought. Okay. Um, and, of course, now what, do I, what would I play it on? You know, somebody's given me a, C, a, a DVD to watch, and I think, what would I play this on? I don't have device to play discs and things like that so it's it's hyper digitalized to my mind i don't actually have to touch the music there was a joy i remember in buying a, a, an album a vinyl album and taking it uh, you know taking it out the sleeve and looking at the sleeve and touching it and putting it on the right side and hearing that slight scratch of the needle on it there was a joy in that um and the music I suppose felt like it had been worked, not overworked to death, but it felt like the musicians had worked it. Mm -hmm. Where, yeah, a digital thing, I don't even touch the music. It just filters through my headphones from my, you know, my computer onto my phone, and I just listen to it. It's all sanitized. It feels very sanitized to me. So it's shortcutted things and sanitized things. And maybe I'm just feeling sounding like an old fuddy-duddy. I don't know. Well, it's because the, the one of the I, I totally agree with you. And currently, I I don't have my my uh, record player uh, set up here because it's you know I'm not completely done with those kind of things as I want it. But um, yeah, my my records are right there, my vinyl, mm. and mm. Um, I love putting them on the thing and and going through the motions and. Uh, I mean, it's really easy to get a Spotify account and just you know. And mm. I, I, I'm I'm not against digital, right? I'm I'm saving up money to buy a Sonos sound system. Mm. And if anybody from Sonos is listening, I'm very willing to sponsor you guys, or be sponsored by you guys, and name and mention you on every episode. <laughs> but but these are wireless sound yeah. units, mm. right? And you can control them from your iPhone or from your Android, and you have practically every streaming service uh, out there you can play straight over your system and you can buy multiple speakers and you can turn on whichever one you want whenever you want wherever in in any room or your bedroom or living or the kitchen or whatever and it's genius i love that kind of stuff yeah but sometimes i just want to put the needle on the black stuff that's right right and that's just get that crackling and just get that more that pure Ah, uh, yeah, because I was worried about, because we talked about it earlier on earlier podcasts about uh, the digital eh, transformation in the workplace. Yeah. And, you know, it requires a lot from people to go digital. And sure, you know, I mean, in the long term, finding back information and all those kind of things. Yeah, it's quicker. But if you have a proper filing system in a cabinet, you can find all your hard copies just as easy and maybe even faster than the computer can do it in, in, in a wide variety because it has to search and it has to index and, and you put that piece of paper in that drawer so you know that's going to be there when you need it, if mm -hmm. you do it properly, right? But the question is, 
do we really need something digital in order to be collaborative with each other? Well, you know my answer to that. Yeah, I, well, exactly. So I, I don't think we need to on every single thing. No, yeah, on that point, I definitely agree. It's about using things in a... And I suppose in a thoughtful or a conscious way, you know. I again, I I've, I sort of was speaking slightly disparagingly of I don't have to you know really touch my music, but I quite like the fact that I have I can have my entire record library in my pocket and listen to anything, whatever I'm in the mood for, anywhere. I can and you know likewise with with books. I can take my a huge library of books and and you know if I'm traveling, it's it all my entertainments are right there, and that's yeah. marvelous. Yeah. But there is something a bit sanitized and, and, and feels a bit, I don't know, heartless or soulless about it in yeah. some cases. It's, it's, you're, you're disconnected. And I, I'm just thinking about Tesla and, 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 and the Model S. And mm. I love that thing. I love what it stands for. I love what it does. I love it that it's completely electric. And, um, and you know, they're, they're working hard to make it uh, th that it can drive itself at least you know parts of the route of when you're on the highway you can just you know and and everything is just smooth you have a big touch screen everything is digital and electrical and this and that and blah 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 and and it's high on my I would not mind having that list mm. but what's even higher on that list is um, an analog car, mm. Mm. something that has a carburetor <laughs> on yeah. it, and a combustion <laughs> yeah. engine that spews out all that nasty stuff, you yeah. know, and it uses fuel and uses oil and it it breathes and you have to wake it up and you have to nurse it into action and you have to warm it up before you can actually, you know, kick it down and mm. um, and that is something that you would feel so much more connected to mm. than with a modern uh, electrical hybrid blah 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 car. Yeah. Because yeah. the level of comfort that they're trying to give you these days means that you're going to be disconnected from the rest of the world as much as possible, other than perhaps an internet connection that streams that digital uh, music into your car. Yeah, exactly. And it was, there's a point that I'm thinking of just now, I was referring to before we started the recording. Just, I was at the, the lunchtime lecture. Is it, Ezio Mazzini, I think his name, a design guy. And the point I was making to you, which I think is worth kind of adding in here, is that, that extreme digital, that loveliness, the, the car starts, you know, it turns over quickly, there's no hiccups, it's just, it moves, it's all smooth, it's, you know, it's lovely, but there is something aesthetically pleasing that's missing from that. You know, it's like you say, you reminded me of my first car, the car with the carburetor, and, you know, my first car, there was no electronics in it, there were none, none of those sort of complicated ones that you get now, and um, I, I'm not a, a petrol head, but when I got my first car and I was a student, I thought, well, I'll learn little bits and pieces that I can do to it and fix it. I learned the basics. I taught myself through one of those books how to, you know, gap spark plugs and change an alternator and quite a, you know, quite a number of things. And as the years progressed, 
I was able to actually do less and less, and I'd open a bonnet. Of, that's actually the last car I owned. I opened the bonnet because th- this is embarrassing. A woman asked if I could give her a jump start. I opened the bonnet. I had never opened the bonnet <laughs> in the first three months of my owning this car. Yeah. And I said, I'm terribly sorry. I have no idea where the battery is. Yeah. And it wasn't until I took it into the mechanics that he took he had to take loads of bits and pieces off and show me it was hidden beneath the thing. And I went, all right, that would explain it. So that was like the love of cars had vanished very definitely if there was any to be had by yeah. that stage. Because there was there was no aesthetic. There was no human thing in that – this guy, this afternoon, Ezio Mazzini was saying, in terms of, if, if we're thinking about design and innovation, it needs to have a problem-solving aspect to it. It needs to be able to address problems in the world. But it also needs to have a very strong cultural and meaning-making aspect to it. It needs to have an aesthetic. And he said aesthetic is the most important starting point. He said even you know, thinking about people who are in factories making drinking glasses, when it comes time to be, when they design them and they make them, and they say to people, what do you think? And, you know, I don't like it, or I like it. He said, and people would sort of dispose, you know, dispense with that response. He said, no, that's a central response. Do you like this thing? And I think that's really important when we think about analog digital. Do, does it solve a problem? Yeah, maybe. But do we like it? Not really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. We need to find a way to get both. Yeah. So I'm not, I, again, I'm not going to... I, I'm not going to say that we need analog or digital. It's not analog versus digital. But it's how do we get the right mix so that we have problem-solving abilities and we have something which is human and meaning, meaningful and aesthetically pleasing and is, it, it, it's part of our culture. Otherwise, it will be disposed of. We've, um, we've bred or innovated the soul out of many things. It does feel like that. And uh, I'm looking at my laptop in front of me, and that's not one of the things that happened that that to which it happened because that thing is inherently digital, right? Sure. Uh, we used to have analog computers, <laughs> and they weren't very efficient. <laughs> and you mean uh, those things that filled a room, those big clumsy? You know where 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 the where the, the term uh, a bug in the system comes from an actual bug was it an actual bug that that got stuck between a relay in an analog computer it was a relay and it got just and a bug got caught in it and by the time they found what was wrong with it they found a bug <laughs> literally literally I love, I love that I yeah love that. me too and um but um I, I think another example that is is pretty current and and Spam. I'm I'm being called like almost every day, and every time I I pick up, it's just the same bullshit. Well, it was a good intervention because it's related to some of the stuff that's happened with us creating these amazing marvels of digital life. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> my example, uh, which uh, I mean, it's Formula One, mm. right? I, I watch Formula One. I like Formula One. I like the whole circus around it. It's just I like it, but nowadays, the, this season and last season, it's become more and more uh, over-digitized, 
if you will. I mean, they how, have. How, high... how can that be? What, which bits of it is digitized? Well, almost everything. Wow. The only analog part that comes in play is the driver, and uh, and he's only twenty uh, percent part of the whole thing. I think it's not a very big leap for them to actually replace a driver with a robot, mm. a couple of servos. That car would perfectly be able to have a race with other uh, cars. There are so many things happening and there are so many people uh, during a race. I mean, they've, I, I saw like a shot where they, were, they had like eight people sitting across from each other with laptops continuously monitoring telemetry that comes from the car. Wow. Only to be able to feed eight people enough information to keep them busy during a race is just stunning. And everything else is just over-engineered and over-digitized and over-controlled and it takes the fun out of everything. Even the drivers now go like, this is, no, this is not fun anymore. Right. I was just going to say, what, so tell me, it, like, where, where is the skill of the driver involved? How much of that makes a difference, do you think? Not much anymore. I mean, for instance, I mean, it's uh, Max Verstappen, the Dutch guy. He got mm. into Formula One. This is first season. The dude doesn't even have a driver's license yet. That's how young he is. Okay. And some say that's not supposed to happen in Formula One. You know, it's the pinnacle of motorsport. Yeah. And there is no higher platform to be. I mean, other than winning Le Mans, maybe, but most Formula One drivers don't even have interest in that. So he should not be able, even physically, to drive a car like that. Mm. And, uh, and yet he does, and he does it well. Scary though. he's a talented guy. So, so. You know, but I'd hate to be the, the guy that gives him his driving test, sitting in the car next to him. Like, <laughs> Where did you learn how to do this? Stop! Well, stop. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Belgium, Italy, uh, Canada, Silverstone, Francochon. Yeah, name them. Yeah, so, but but it's it's it goes to the point where there's. It, that car is so relatively easy to drive. I mean, you still need skill. You know, you still need amazing. I'm sorry about the track. We got the windows open here. I mean, it's it's pretty hot, so we there's sounds coming in and everywhere. But um, it's still difficult. You still need reflexes, and you still need to to uh, have other skills. You need to be able to communicate with engineers. You need to be able to to control the car. Uh, during the race, the settings of the car, the, the brake balance, the, the uh, I don't know, the differential slip, all these settings are controlled during the race. And sometimes even from corner to corner, they, they change the brake balance on the car. Mm. And um, I think it's silly. Because so the, but the, mar the margin of how much difference the driver makes in terms of skill, that's narrowed over the years. With all the digitizing, the mechanism, yeah, I, I, the absolutely, mechanizing. absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Because now Lewis Hamilton, for instance, he is the current world champion, and he's oh, and he's such a great driver, and blah 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 blah. Now he has an excellent car. That's what it is. Mercedes yeah, so that's, that's just what I mean. Like you couldn't, you couldn't get a highly skilled driver who's got so many good instincts and put them in a mediocre car. It requires exactly 
I mean, it requires not, both, but, but, the, but the, the, the balance, I suppose, in terms it, of the It, it the showed, input. exactly, it showed with uh, uh, Sebastian Vettel being four-time world champion with Red Bull. Then the new engines came, and mm. Renault was not able to provide the platform. It, it okay. just couldn't pr deliver mm. the power. Mm. And Vettel he couldn't win. He was nowhere. Right? So mm. it all it was all the platform that he was driving that just didn't perform. And he doesn't matter how good a driver he was. And I sure. think it's with the current I mean I think if you put Max Verstappen who's seventy year old and it's it's rookie season in Formula One, if you put him in, in Lewis Hamilton's Mercedes, he'd win the race. Because right. it's okay. it's the best platform at the moment. So yeah, I mean we we both know the difference in that it makes to have to bring your human skills to bear even in the highly elect, electronic electronic universe because Luke Skywalker killed the Death Star when he turned his monitor off and he, <laughs> yeah, used, exactly. and he used the Force. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he went so, totally analog on a Death Star. You know, that's a very a very kind of storified description of I suppose yeah, what, sure. what you say what you're saying there, but that's. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of what that's kind of the message, really, isn't it? That use use the use the digital for what it's good for, but don't let's don't, don't let's sort of sleepwalk our way into digitizing every aspect of our lives, even the things that give us joy and have soul. It it kind of goes back to our uh, evolving blindly episode. And, that's right. Yeah. Um, and I I I don't want to repeat, uh, you know, our conversations too much. But um, it is, I think it is something that, that's a trend and that we're uh, digitizing things because we want to digitize them, because we can. Because we can. And um, I was watching Jurassic Park the other day and um, it's, it's being said or by uh, Jeff Goldblum's character. And he says, well, your scientists were so occupied by... Um, how they were doing it, and that they were that, that they could do it, that they yes. stopped yeah. questioning whether or not they should do it. Well, it's a form of statement I've heard to to justify many things over over many years. You know, somebody I think I think if I got this right suggested that the 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 USA developed the atomic bomb because the technology was there, and if they didn't, somebody else would. You know, so to do it because you can. There may be moral reasons why you might proceed, but there may be lots of good reasons why you don't. Um, you know, but however, you know, we we can't uninvent it, and we can't uninvent some of the uses we've made for it. So, no, and yeah. and and worse than that, uh, we can't undo the dependencies that we created. And um, I mean, it gets more and more difficult. Or you, I mean, you can't do any analog banking for instance you it's almost impossible you can do it and um you can still pay mm -hmm. in cash mm -hmm. but uh eh, it's, it's happening less and less well and, i can i mean i'm thinking i can well, by i'm trying to i'm thinking what you mean by analog bank i can go into a bank with cash and deposit it into my account and then when i want to withdraw it i can go back into the bank and write on a piece of paper and get the cash back. Yeah, but everything in between. 
Oh, I see what you mean. As all, yeah, 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 I see what you mean. But in, in terms of there being actual cash money, yeah, we've, we've minimized that. It's some ridiculous number, something like only 3% of the money in the world's economy is what we would consider money, like notes and coins. And the rest is all just an invention, a digital invention. Which it's is air. <laughs> kind of alarming, kind of alarming, especially when you see what's being inflicted on Greece at the minute. However, we'll see how that unfolds. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, all for the, the sake of a digital invention. What if we all just woke up tomorrow and stopped believing that these things were not real, <laughs> that they were real? You know, I mean, it's it's uh, there's movies out there that uh, that 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 run on the premise that there's a huge electromagnetic pulse and all electronics fail. Mm. Uh, mm. Our society cannot exist without the microprocessor. Well, exactly. And um, I think if if you if you if you're really philosophical about it, that on that level we made a very very huge mistake because I don't know we could have a sun flare that just wipes out our electronics. That's right. I mean, it doesn't even have to be a man-made device. I mean, it can be nature that just goes like. Mm-hmm. And and it and it doesn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. And what are you going to do then? Mm-hmm. How long mm-hmm. are you going to last? Well, I I think about that when I'm having those little silly um, you know thought experiments when I'm out in the garden, and I think, well, look, if 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 it all just sort of went, if it clicked off because somebody flicked the switch or if there was a sun flare, how how much of my life would I be able to get on with? And there's loads that I would just have to stop doing, like using my phone, and um, having these conversations with you and um, using the internet for a whole range of things, reading, reading blogs and writing my blog and sending emails and all that sort of stuff. Um, but I think, well, here I am in the garden. At least I know I've got some, some food for a good six months of the year. I would just have to very quickly use the rest of my time that I spend with all my digital things to find other ways to generate more food and warmth when it comes to winter. You yeah. know? Um, and and I remember, recall when I lived in New Zealand, we had um, wood fire. That was our only source of heating, really. And um, well, we had a small gas fire, which we sometimes use. But wood fire was our predominant source of heat. So we thought, if whenever we had power cuts, we were fine. We had yeah. heat, and it was it was lovely. Um, but yeah, there is so much of our lives, and I, I kind of think, when I was a child, I wonder if we were still just in an age when. If, if 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 all the computers just failed, we'd still be okay. But I don't think that would be the case now. We're so well, we've globalized ourselves and we've interconnected ourselves with digital stuff, and it is a bit of a it it, it is a bit of a thing that you know we we've now got to do something about it. We can't uninvent it. So here we are in this digital world. Let's let's see if we can develop a little bit more thoughtfulness or consciousness about how we use the digital stuff. And retain the humanity that we we all need because I think it's one of the things that's leading to people getting sick. That kind of draining of humanity and humanity from workplaces and humanity from our interactions and the trolling that goes on in Twitter and just the casual interpersonal violence that that we inflict on each other that's so easy when it's digital. Just like we've made making music, you know, we've got a labor-saving device and a digital mixing board. You can... We've got labor-saving devices to bully people much more quickly and effectively. We just <laughs> yeah, go on Twitter exactly. and pretend to be someone else. Yeah, true. 
True. You don't have to go through the whole thing of developing a relationship and finding out we want to bully them. We just, we just do, it, do. Dig, do it digitally. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know I'm sounding a little bit cynical about it, but well, it's it's one of the things, right? I mean, it has its advantages, but if you, if you focus on the disadvantages of it and um, bringing it it back to uh, uh, the workplace, uh, where sometimes. Um, uh, a consultant comes in with a software uh, platform and they install it and then they they try to improve the way you work to be more efficient and mm. to be more but most of it is 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 focused on how you use that digital platform right and yeah um, a lot of the things like how do you communicate digitally Right? How, how mm. do you? I mean, it's even difficult when you write an extensive email to have the right tone of voice. Yeah. And uh, let alone put it in a uh, some some sort of an update on on, on somebody's idea. And mm. how do you retain that interhuman uh, uh, relationship? That 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 level of uh, uh, Non-verbal, yeah, oh. care, but non-verbal communication that you have, which we even have, mm. because we can see each other, mm. Mm. right? Mm. Uh, and for those people who are just listening, it we're actually skyping so we can see each other. But and uh, but there's for so many people, no matter how well you act within the company, you're still going to be disconnected. When you um, mm. when you work on a in, in in a computer screen where there's just uh, mm. and only when you know people very well you can trust on them for not being a douche yeah right and yeah. Um, and and in everything that I have encountered uh, before I uh, got uh, sucked into social business. <laughs> There goes something analog, and um, um, and ever since social business, everything is about the process and about using one digital platform versus another, mm -hmm. or uh, you know, and 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 yeah. Okay. So, what's the basis of that 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 debate when they you know one platform versus another? What what's the the fundamental debating point if you like or decisions being made around what criteria money money okay availability scalability uh, uh, ease of use uh, low threshold uh, features uh, those kind of things mm. right so it's 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 all about filling out the the tick boxes on a, on a on a, the wish list of um, in the mm. worst case, uh, the IT department. That's that's really interesting. I just I just flashed back to the thing earlier that I mentioned about Massini saying uh, we need to have a blend of the problem solving and the the cultural meaning making aesthetic. And all of the th criteria you've listed are completely valid reasons why you would choose one platform over another. But in none of that is there anything about you know. Desirability or 
um, like you, you know, Apple as uh, there are other products available. Apple being really beautiful, you know, and and nothing in the criteria you've listed. I wonder when these decisions are being made. Do we use um, X or Y? Do they kind of factor in? But it's not beautiful, or it doesn't. It, it's not part of our culture, or you know what I mean. Where's the aesthetic in it? And I think that's the thing that get that. Um, well, personally, sends me to sleep when I'm just I can see this really cool gadget, and I work out all of its functionality, and I go, yeah, but it's not beautiful. I never fell in love with a Microsoft product. No, I wouldn't. I, w- I would. I mean, we have a rule here in, in in the house that if we buy something that's worth spending money on, mm-hmm. we get you know the best that we can afford. Mm-hmm. And uh, but that also means the most pleasing, the the the, the you sure. know, visually. I mean, if you have that Sonos sound system again, I mean, those are well designed. They're not like really like beautiful or whatever, but they're aesthetically just well. That makes sense. Excellent. Because what right? I know of you two, what I know of you two, you want beauty in your lives. That, of course you that do. Make, it makes sense. Of so course. that's why the, the thing is, when we if we're going to progress in this digital life, please let's have a bit more beauty and, and aesthetic and involved. Exactly. In what we choose exactly. to do, not do. Exactly. And and because that directly connects to your your emotions, right? And, and sure. If you have anything digital that doesn't trigger that emotion or an mm-hmm. emotional response. It's not worth having around, mm. and that goes on every single thing. And that was the that is still uh, the the big problem with digital music. Uh, although nowadays we, we have much much richer, much you know more information. I mean, mm. uh, in the early days with MP3s, we we couldn't go. Uh, we had one hundred twenty eight. KBPS because you know if you use anything more, I mean your hard drive would be full in no time. Yeah, and um, even even half of that, sixty four. You know, but you can listen to the music, but only half is going to be there. Yeah, and uh, and now we can you know crank it up to three hundred and twenty, which means that it's going to have uh, one two well, like four times as much information in the file than it used to, or at least three times as much information, or something like that, mm. information in the file than they used to have. So it sounds much richer, right? So there sure. is there is sure. progress. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we are progressing, but yeah, I mean, it, it's yeah. Um, well, obviously, sometimes it's the music that that invokes the emotion and not the quality of the 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 listening experience itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you can have a crappy eight track in your car and be totally emotional with the music that you listen to, and you don't need uh, a twenty or or, or thirty thousand high fidelity sound system in your uh, your living room in order to be emotional about the music that you listen to. True, but I listen to OK Computer by Radiohead. I don't know how many times, and then since I've got it on my you know iPod. Never once, despite the fact that Radiohead had a reputation of being miserable buggers, never once did I cry. 
I saw them live and the opening bar of Airbag made me cry. There's something about the analog, real live experience of a human doing something. You feel it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, we had that with Pearl Jam once where... Yeah. And it was the first time I was there with my wife and and she was like, so so, what's the big deal about Pearl Jam and, and Eddie Vedder? And then he walked onto stage, on the stage and we were not close to the stage. Yeah. But the effect that man had mm. and the ripple mm-hmm. that went through the audience. I mean, it gives me goosebumps thinking about it. Me too, because I've seen it, him live twice. It, same, it, thing, it I just, the same thing happened. Yeah. And cool. it just, it just woofed over it. Yeah. And, and yeah. they did not even play the first bar of the music that I'm going to play. And my <laughs> wife was like, oh, I get it. <laughs> you know, and that's just silly, right? I mean, but, yeah. but it does, oh, look at that. Yeah, it yeah, yeah. It. And it's, <laughs> but it's silly, but, but it happens, right? And, and that's uh, when you, and I personally, I would love to have that kind of emotion in the workplace, right? Yeah. Where you can get exci- excited over, over a project or over something that you've created with others. And, and I think email is like a really bad thing because we email to each other <laughs> and uh, bec- who's in the next room, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah and, yeah. and now with the social platforms, it's only going to get worse because uh-huh. we can communicate with each other even faster. And more instantly, right? And we don't even have to get up from our chairs and, and, and argue about something in real world and be emotional about it. And, you know, because we're all digital. I mean, to reference an earlier comment, at least, at least somebody who is trolling and bullying on Twitter has got a purpose for doing it. But those people that use those platforms just because they can. <laughs> <seems> <laughs> <laughs> A waste oh. of bits. A waste of bits. <laughs> Don't use it because you can. Use it because you need to. Yeah. 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 Use it to. That's. I mean, one of my one of my things where I get frustrated with with clever new gadgets is I don't want clever, I just want nice things. You know, I just want nice things that are appealing and that do something nice for me as well. Yeah, that stir an emotion. That stir an emotion. I don't want clever things, you know, and then when every time when they've, for a while they were up, they were revising the look of iTunes or changing things around, it's like, stop being clever. I love you already. Stop trying to be clever. Just, just, just get me. Uh, It's, uh, yeah, I know we're, we're working towards the the wrap up. Yeah. Uh, I lost my point. I I have a good news point that I was thinking earlier though. One of the other things that I took away from this lecture this afternoon was he flashed a slide and said, good news, everybody. Um, There are lots and lots and lots of really positive things happening in this sort of innovation space. And he listed this huge number of things. There's co-housing projects and there's co-feeding projects where people are, you know, community gardens and there's um, the post-growth alliance and there's people looking how we live without having to, you know, burn the planet. and And he just listed this huge number of things that were about humans cooperating together and coming up with innovations that were, that were beautiful and solved problems that we face. And I think if we just keep our, our minds on the fact that there is so much good news out there, um, I, I, yeah, I think that would be a really, a really good thing. And, and don't go down the plug hole of um, 
you know misery and cynicism and no no exactly and and that also means that if you, if you're in, in in the workplace and you have uh, a cool uh, digital platform that does everything that it needs to do that yeah. ticks all the boxes on the list yeah by all means go and use it yeah you know, to its full potential absolutely. because absolutely. you know it it does it it can add to your to your daily routine and it can make absolutely. things more more uh, more easy for you to you know control and information sharing and all those kind of things and solve problems but please don't forget that it's a human on the other side of that um, connection that you're making and uh, get up and get over to that person and have a conversation with them other than just through the um, uh, to whatever digital platform you're using obviously when you're a global Enterprise is going to be a little bit more difficult, but if you're in the same office, in the same floor, on the same floor, um, yeah, you know, if you have a meeting, just have a meeting and use a piece of paper and leave your laptop just where it is, right? And don't don't bring your iPhone or whatever your smartphone into the room, or you know, just leave it mm. once in a while, mm. and and spend some time connecting with people. Uh, the way we were, in my opinion, meant <laughs> to be connecting with people. That that reminds me of a song. Ooh, does it? The way the way we were. The way we were <laughs> from. That was an old Barbra Streisand song from the seventies. Oh, 70s. hello. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we'll put a link in the foot in the show notes. We could do. We could do. Anyway, we are we are winding up this. Yeah, this yeah, yeah. Because now it's getting. Working. Thank you for listening. And um, I, this has been a really interesting conversation. Thank you for proposing this. Really, really good idea. Um, and please subscribe to our podcast. If you're listening, go to the website. It's rwcast.com. Subscribe and tell your friends. Apologies for that background noise. That is an analog noise <laughs> of my dog. Waking up. <laughs> Waking up. And on that bump. So <laughs> say, say farewell. And until next time. Until next time. Cheers.